You're listening to the City Lights Church Podcast with Pastor Jesse Miller. So foundations, we, we believe that every Christian should understand what are the foundations of the faith? What do we really believe and why do we believe it? So last week we looked at the first thing basically is who is God? Like, and do we know him? Do how you, what you believe about God is the most important thing of your entire life. The most important thing about you is what you believe about God because it shapes everything. We looked at the whole, uh, the Trinity as well and what that is a little bit. But that's going to be unpacked over the series because the truth is we're always in a pursuit to know God better. And as we look at the scripture over these next few weeks, we'll see more of his character, more of his goodness, more of his love for us. Um, so last Sunday was not the definitive word, this is only who God is. I can't do that. Um, the truth is you, you and I will spend our entire lives seeking and knowing and experiencing God. Um, anyway, let me ask you to do something. Uh, if you, just like last week, I asked the question where you could respond in, in your own way, writing down what is the most thing, important thing about you. Let me ask you another question. Just take a minute to write it down on your phone, whatever. What is your favorite thing to do? What is your favorite activity? Whatever that is. The thing you enjoy most. Write it down, whatever it is. If it's food, I'm I'm not going to quiz you guys later and say that was wrong. Smack you in the hand. That's not how it works. Okay, write that down. I love music. I'm a big music fan. Um, And I know it might shock you. I do not listen to Christian radio. Um, you're like, wait, he's a pastor. He must listen to, I, I don't, I listen to worship a lot. I have, I have it on my phone, the, the artist that I like, but I also listen to a lot of different styles of music. And I remember there's a song by John Mayer. Um, I, I love folky kind of music, you know, singer songwriter stuff, but there's a song by John Mayer that came out probably 10 years ago. It's called something's missing. Has anybody ever heard that song? So it's just me and Charlie. We're the only folky people, I guess. So something's missing. And that song always grips me. And I think the reason it's always grips me is because I'm like, John, I know the answer. I know what's missing. He's, he, basically, he says, I'm with a lot of people. He's like, I'm not alone. I wish I was. There's people everywhere. But something's missing, and I don't know how to fix it. Something's missing, and I don't know what it is. And at the end of the song, it's a strange little thing in music where he literally gives a checklist. He goes, friends, check money, check, well slept, check. And he goes through this whole list, opposite sex, guitar, microphone, messages waiting for me when I get home, check, 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 check. I got everything I need, but something's missing and I don't know how to fix it. And every time I hear that song, I'm like, John, I know what it is. I know. (laughs) He never answers when I call him though. It's weird. I don't get it. Like, John, I got what you need. And he's like, I'm kidding. I never called him. That didn't happen. I can't find his number. Uh, It's unlisted. Anyway, sorry. Um, But you guys know what I'm talking about. There's a song that grabs you and you're like, I know what you're feeling. I understand that. The truth is, I would say, we... The lyrics, the answer to that question, the answer to that, to that checklist, we often do that, though. There are moments in our lives where we're like, something's wrong, but I can't tell you that anything's wrong. How many of you guys have had that with your like, conversation with your spouse? You know, like you could tell something's wrong, they're like, I don't know what's wrong. Something is wrong. Everything's okay, but something's missing, right? 
There are, there are moments where we go through that, where we can't figure out what is wrong inside of me that feels depressed, anxious, nervous, like something is lacking, but my job's good, my relationships are good, my health is good. I don't know what's wrong. We've been there, right? There's a part of the human cry that says, I need something and I don't know what it is. I would say that this morning I want to give you the answer to that question. And the answer to that question is found in what we call point number three of our foundations. The third question in our foundation catechism that we created a few years ago is, why did God create mankind? That's the question. Why did God create mankind? You need to know this. So often people come to me and they say, Jesse, I just want to know God's will for my life. And I give them one answer. They, they have a lot of, like, they want, like, a prophetic word, like the Lord says, you must start a business here, and you want it. And I don't do that. Sometimes, I mean, but rarely. The truth is, if you want to know why God created you, it will answer the question of what is missing. What is missing in my life? And let me give you the answer to why God created you as mankind. God the creator and sustainer of all things, right? We talked about this last week. That's who God is. He has created all things. He created mankind, male and female, as his prized possession in order that they would know, glorify, and enjoy him forever. You were created to know God, glorify God, and enjoy him forever. That's what the purpose that's the thing that's always missing. But let me, let me get a little more detailed. Um, what we do in the Christian world, in the Christian religious mind, we understand that we're supposed to know God. So we study the Bible. We pray real hard. We understand that. It's easy for us to recognize we should know God. And we also, as good Christians who have been raised in church, know that we're supposed to glorify God. So we sing our songs and we do things for him. We go into the servant mind, like we will glorify God in this action, right? Whatever it is. And that's good. Knowing God, studying, praying, that is good. Glorifying God through actions is good. But what we fail to recognize and actually make a reality in our life is to enjoy him forever. Do you enjoy God? Is that a foundational part of your life, enjoying God? What does that mean? I have two pictures I want you to see, and I want to ask you, what do you see in this picture? Kendra, could you show the first one? What do you see in that picture? A giraffe, right? It's a giraffe. Unless, unless I'm blocking you, you guys can't see. It's a picture of a giraffe. And like, what comes to your mind when you think of giraffe? Go ahead and yell out something. Safari, tall, bow ties for some reason. Okay, I didn't see that. Um, huh? Stoic. Stoic, elegant, exotic, right? They have black tongues. They're cool. Like these are some of the things that come to your mind when you think of giraffe. Now let's go to the next picture to show you what I think of a giraffe. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. That is meat, in case you couldn't see. It's giraffe meat, a fork, and a knife. And then there's some green stuff on the side. Forget that part. So, giraffes are beautiful, right? They're elegant. They're exotic. I went to South, Af South Africa to a restaurant called Carnivore. You know, this is like a, a top, like, ten restaurants in the country. 
very, actually really expensive for them, not expensive if you're American because it's like buying McDonald's with American money. Anyway, so you go over there and it's kind of like, have any of you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse where there's like all kinds of crazy meats and they cut it out? Like it's, so, except this is Africa meat, which is wild boar, crocodile, impala, um, but ostrich, cro- all kinds of stuff. And giraffe giraffe was on the menu and i'm like i'm trying giraffe i'm trying giraffe i gotta try it i didn't know you i didn't know it was i don't know it was legal it's legal in africa they got a bunch of them so they cook them right and so they cook it over this big open fire in the middle of this uh, oh amazing and then they cut it with like a machete it's on a big stick they take a machete and cut off a little piece for you some of you guys who are like animal lovers are freaking out right now and I cut into this thing, I put it in my mouth, and I literally thought, this is the best thing I have ever tasted in my life. Ever tasted. And I thought, I will never get this again because I live in America and we don't have giraffes. Can I raise giraffes in America? I don't think so. And so I went a second time to Africa. And guess what? And I, before I went, I brought other friends. So this was a missions trip. And we're like, we're going to go to this restaurant, and I want you to try giraffe because it's the best thing you've ever had. And then you ever hype something up to somebody, and then they, you try it, or somebody hypes it up to you, and you're like, eh, it was good. It wasn't that good, right? So I hyped this up to all my friends who were going to Africa with me. I'm like, come on, you got to try giraffe. They're like, giraffe's weird. Giraffes are pretty and elegant, exotic. They got black tongues. They're cool. Like, we don't eat them. They go to the carnivore, and they cut, and they take a little taste, and like, that is the best thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> All of them agreed with me. Best thing they've ever tasted. It's kind of like a softer filet mignon. It's just, it's amazing. Why do I see a giraffe differently now? So I came back from Africa on that trip, and I had to stay in Florida at a friend's house, and her mother, um, I was with my sister, we were at a graduation thing, and we're staying at her house, and her mother loves giraffe, right? But not in the kind of way I love giraffe. She's got statues of giraffes all over the house. And I'm like just fresh back from Africa. And I'm like, mm, this is delicious. And she's like, and I said, man, you got a lot of giraffes here. She's like, yeah, I love giraffes. I'm like, I do too. She's like, oh, yeah? I said, yeah. And then I made the mistake. I said, I ate one. And she's like, didn't talk to me for the week. But she's like, could not grasp the fact that her favorite animal was something I consumed. I see a giraffe differently because I've tasted it. Like, I would be willing to say that nobody in here has tasted giraffe before. I see it differently now, though. So the psalmist says this. He says this in Psalms 34. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lion suffers want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. He's saying those who have tasted God's goodness have delight and pleasure in him. When you taste him, you see him differently. When you experience joy of him, when you enjoy God, God is different to you. So most Christians will come and approach Christianity like a religion or a list of duties or some God that I have to appease or that I have to make a cognitive decision to accept as my Savior and I need salvation. So I say, yes, check off the list. I know God. I study really hard. I know Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. And I go through my list, but they don't actually taste and enjoy him. 
There's a difference between knowing God and enjoying him, but I would also say that as we enjoy him, we know him better. They're connected. They're connected. When we approach God, we have to see through different eyes. We have to have an appetite for his presence. Have you ever gone to a restaurant with zero appetite? It could be your favorite restaurant, but if you just ate a full meal before, go to your favorite, re- favorite restaurant, won't be the same, will it? But if all day you're like, I cannot wait for whatever, whatever, whatever your favorite restaurant is, a giraffe, that's <laughs> probably not for you. Whatever that favorite thing is for you, right? My favorite restaurant in this city is across the street. I've been there twice for my birthday, right? It's the Brazilian Steakhouse, the closest thing I can get to the giraffe meat, right? I've been there twice. But if I go down to Royal Buffet and fill up on sushi and Chinese food and I'm stuffed, how much am I going to enjoy that place? I don't even want it, right? Because I'm just not in the mindset. When we enjoy food, we have to mentally desire something. How many of you guys have just ever had a meal that you know this is a good meal, but you're like, I don't really feel like I want anything right now. So I'm just eating food for sustenance, right? To fill my body, I'm just eating. Or this is a social thing. We're all eating together. I don't really like this, but I'm doing it. It's not bad. It's just, I feel like a lot of us approach our faith that way. Sunday mornings, like, I'm coming in here because I know I need to eat. Right? We're not coming saying, I, I just desire your presence. I desire you to speak. The bring joy in my heart, sustain me to be all that I need. I desire an encounter with you. I desire a moment with you. When we come in the church with that attitude, what do we get? We find that he is here. He's saying, I've been waiting for you. Come and enjoy my presence. Let me, let me point out that one area of your heart that you just want me to tweak. Let me point out that one area of weakness that you want me to be strong for. Like When we come with that perspective, we get... We fully glorify God, we know him better, and then we enjoy him. You were created to enjoy God, not just cognitively know about him. When something's missing in my life, when I'm frustrated, when I'm anxious, when I'm angry, whatever that is, when I can feel something's missing, it's because I recognize, I have to recognize, I have not abided in Christ lately. I've not just enjoyed his presence you need an appetite to enjoy something. The psalmist also says, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Sometimes we got to just allow God's presence to be that thing that we crave and desire. I used to think of that verse as some kind of imagery where there's like a deer that's like half dying, like, I need a brook of water. I'm panting for water. And that's not what the psalmist is saying here. He's not saying, like, when you're about to die and you need God, go to God. He's saying, no, like a deer is consuming water, a healthy deer consuming water and enjoying it. That's how we approach him, right? Of course God is the thing that we need when we're dying and struggling, but he is also the thing that we need just to enjoy life fully. His presence is life. My favorite moments in my entire life, and I've had some, I've been blessed to have some cool things in my life, some cool privileges and, and good experiences, like giraffe meat. <laughs> I've been blessed with a lot of different things, but my favorite moments in my entire life are the moments that God speaks to me, 
His presence is strong, and it's usually during a time of corporate worship. My heart, for some reason, explodes and focuses and realigns when I just begin to sing songs to him. God's, yeah, that's where God meets me most. Make sense? Those are my favorite moments in my entire life. And I, like I've said, I, I got three daughters, and I remember holding each one of those. Let me say this, time with God is better than those. I love my girls. But time in his presence, unless you've tasted that, you don't know what I'm talking about. Unless you've tasted it, you don't, you don't know what I mean. The psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste, he's inviting you. We have a God who invites you to his presence. See, we often overlook our need to enjoy God. You should know, we, we know that we, we need to know him. We give him honor. But we don't realize that enjoying him is also for us. There's, a, there's an invitation to enjoy him. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis I want to read. You guys know C.S. Lewis? You guys okay? He's like, oh, he's going to quote town right now. I'm going to check out. I like, I like to read. Um, but there's a quote by C.S. Lewis. But the most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything, escaped, uh, strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of compliment, approval, or giving honor. Talking about what praise is, right? I had never noticed that all my enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praise their mistresses. Readers, their favorite poet. Walkers praise the countryside. Players praising their favorite games. My whole more general difficulty about the praise of God depended on my absurdly denying to us as regards to supremely valuable what we delight to do. Well, indeed, we can't help but doing about everything else we value. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expressed, uh, because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. He's saying here, the things that you like, okay, whatever you like, your favorite thing, sports teams, NFL starts today. Well, it started Thursday, Kansas City won. Yay, thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, sorry. Whatever you like, you talk about, right? You share with your closest friends the things that you like. This is why Facebook is covered with pictures of food. Because we can't fully enjoy something until we are able to share it. And C.S. Lewis points out that when we worship, when we praise, it's the final culmination of us enjoying God. If you want to enjoy God, it's connected to how you glorify and praise and know him. If you want to know and glorify God, it's connected to how much you enjoy him. Make sense? It's a cycle. They're, they're, they're connected deeply together. It's not, a, it's not about some checklist of religious duty. You are invited into praising and glorifying the Father. The Father, let me say this, the Father was not incomplete and lonely in heaven, and that's why he created you. The Father did not say, well, I'm bored, and I wish that there were some people to look at me and sing to me all the time. I really just need that because I feel kind of empty right now. I don't feel like anybody appreciates me. Let me create humans to love me. That's not why the Father created you. The Father was not lacking anything. He didn't need you to glorify him. 
But out of his overflow of love, his excess, he created you to enjoy him. And if you can't glorify the thing that you enjoy, your enjoyment is incomplete. That would be like me telling my wife, hey, that favorite thing that you love to do, don't ever tell me about it again. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about it. The reason that you are asked by the Father to praise Him is because He knows that He is so good beyond anything else that if you don't praise Him, your enjoyment of Him is incomplete. It's lacking something. There's a part of us that were created to express the things that we love. You can't go two weeks without hearing Kenny talk about Lord of the Rings or music. One of the two things. And that's part of his expressing what he loves and desires. Psalms chapter 16. I want to read a verse here. This is an amazing chapter, but we're only going to read one verse this morning. Verse 11. Verse 11 says this, You make known to me the paths of life, the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Where God is, is where your pleasure will be. What he's doing, the things he's created, who he is, his character, all that he is, in his presence Recognition of him is where your joy will be full and your pleasures will be. God created you for joy. If your life lacks joy, I would say you need to dig in deeper to his presence. Learn about him, know him, spend time with him. I'll talk about that in just a minute here. If, you're, if your life feels boring and pleasureless, God's inviting you to spend some more time in his presence. Just begin to know him better and you'll have more pleasure in your life. Who was I? I was just talking to Charlie the other day. I have the best job on earth. I have the best job that there is. Why? Because I'm in his presence. I could be a plumber and still have the best job on earth. You could, you could do whatever. You could be a waitress. I, I was a, wait, a waiter for a few months. Whew, that was awful. My wife convinced me to do it. She loved it. I hated it. But you could do whatever job it is. But if you're abiding in Christ, you'll have pleasures forevermore in any field. You can be in the worst possible situation on earth. Under the greatest casualty, the greatest catastrophe, whatever. But if you're living in his presence, recognizing his goodness, you will have pleasures forevermore. At his hand are pleasures forevermore. So Jesse, so how do I enjoy God? What are you talking about? Give me a practical, right? You wrote down your little thing, what makes you happy. Um, let me read, this is a great book on this whole subject. John Piper, he wrote this book a long time ago. It's kind of a Christian classic called Desiring God. And in that he calls, he says it's Christian hedonism. The word hedonism is basically like you do whatever glorifies yourself. So hedonism to the world is a bad thing, but he calls it Christian hedonism. I do... What, glorif- or what gives me pleasure in Christ. Make sense? But he gives this outline of Christian hedonism, and I want you to hear this real quick. You guys still with me this morning? Nobody's too hungry for giraffe right now? We're all right? Um, 
Christian hedonism is a philosophy of life built on the following five convictions. Number one, the longing to be happy is a universal human experience and it is good, not sinful. We've somehow turned the idea of happiness and pleasure into a sinful thing. And God's like, no, I created you for pleasure. My pleasure. I want you to be happy. I want you to have pleasure. Number two is we should never try to deny or resist our longing to be happy as though it was a bad impulse. Instead, we should seek to intensify this longing and nourish it with whatever will provide the deepest and most enduring satisfaction. Don't resist that desire to find pleasure in God and in his creation, right? The deepest, number three, the deepest and most enduring happiness is found only in God. Not from God, but in God. The deepest happiness you will ever experience is found in God. Number four, happiness we find in God reaches the consummation when it is shared with others in the manifold ways of love. You are invited to be a Christian hedonist by sharing Jesus with others around you. Sharing a good God with others around you. That's why when I hear people in the news or on Facebook talk about an angry God or a judgmental God or a frustrated God, I get really frustrated because it's not the God that I know. That'd be like somebody talking about your favorite thing as if it's the worst thing ever. When people talk about Jesus in a way that I know is not right, I get frustrated and I just want to share the truth. You and I, if we know and enjoy Jesus, we want to share the truth. We want everybody else to enjoy it as well. Number five, to the extent that we try to abandon the pursuit of our own pleasures, we fail to honor God and love people. Or to put it positively, the pursuit of pleasure is a necessary part of all worship and virtue. That is, and he quotes, kind of requotes the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which says this, the chief end of man is to glorify God, but he says we glorify God by enjoying him forever. You, enjoy, you glorify, you know God, you honor God by enjoying him. Taking the time to enjoy him. Tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Recognizing that at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You glorify him when you actively enjoy him. Does that make sense? I'm repeating this over because I want you to understand this. How, Jesse? How do, how do, I, how do I do this? How do I enjoy God? Let me give you three things. May, Take whichever one hits your, your heart or closest resembles what you written, wrote down. Number one, be still and listen. Too many of us can't enjoy God because we're constantly too busy doing everything else. We never actually listen to him. We never take time to praise him. We never take time to recognize him. We're never focused long enough. We're so busy with our schedules. We're in fast-paced America. This is the modern age. We're running around. You want to enjoy God? Be still and listen. That might be a good one. Number two, praise him. Praise him, either in words to others or through journaling, writing out, this is what I'm thankful for. Sing a song, praise during worship, dance during worship, whatever you want to do. You want to enjoy God? Praise him. Begin to praise him. Recognize, I mean, that's, that's to me is my biggest one. When I begin to declare the truth of scripture through song, it penetrates my heart and I enjoy him more. And I have my best moments on earth. Number three, see his goodness. By see his goodness, this is, this is simple for you. It should be. Take a walk if you like walking. Read a book if you like reading books. Read the book. That's a good place. Make your favorite meal. 
Unfortunately, I can't make giraffe. It doesn't last the whole way from Africa to here. But make your favorite meal and enjoy it. Recognize that this is God's provision. Enjoy him. Sit on your front porch. Take a few minutes to just watch traffic or the trees, whatever your front porch looks like. Spend quality time with your spouse or your best friend. These are some simple pleasures that if I'm aware that this is something that God has given me, I delight in him more. And it produces honor. It produces glorifying him. It produces a better relationship in here. Christianity should not be a hard list of do's and don'ts. Make sense? That is not what God has invited you to. That's not what the cross was for. The cross was actually to replace that hard list of do's and don'ts that none of us could reach. Not one of us could meet that list of do's and don'ts. But the cross is an invitation to relationship to enjoy him. You're invited to that. Glorify him by enjoying him. This morning I simply ask, whatever you wrote down in your, in your thing, if it's something that you can glorify God in, if you can recognize his hand in it, do that this week. Do it extra this week. Take time, whatever it is. If you can possibly do it. If there's one of the other things that I mentioned, maybe you need to be still and listen. Take time. Write that down. Tomorrow, this time, I will be still and listen. That's okay. You're like, well, that sounds like work. No, it's intentionally pursuing a relationship. Intentionally enjoying God, right? Take time to enjoy God. Take time to, you take time to enjoy good food, right? Why would we not take time to enjoy God? Too many of us view Christianity like fast food. This is something we got to get. I mean, how many of you guys have really ever enjoyed fast food? I mean, other than Chick-fil-A, that doesn't count. That's, I mean, that's holy fast food because they're off on Sunday, so it's different. Um, and in and out Burger out in California, they put their verses on everything, and it just tastes better. Like, literally, there's John 3.16. Oh, this is a delicious cheeseburger. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm off right now. Take time. Don't, like, Christianity is not fast food. Like, we're not just running through presence of God. No, abide in Christ. Enjoy him. Whatever it is, it's not hard. It's just beautiful. Don't neglect enjoying his presence. That's what I'm saying this morning. Don't neglect it. It is a poor, an important foundational part of being a Christian is enjoying God. If you this morning say, I don't know if I've ever enjoyed God, then I would say, then you don't know him yet. You don't know him. The psalmist invites you taste and see. Let's stand. Let's worship. Enjoy God through worship. Enjoy God this week through something that you do. This might not sound like the, this is probably like the least religious thing I've ever told you to do, right? Go and do what you delight in. (laughs) Unless it's sin, but go and do what you delight in. Amen? Let's worship for a few moments.